Welcome to episode number 19 of the Health Genomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kennedy, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And as always, thanks for listening. This is lesson three of my Get Started Running series. Be sure to sign up if you want to join my five-part email course to help you get started and discover the enjoyments of running. Head over to healthenomics.com slash start running to sign up. Today I chat with Leo Babauta. In 2005, Leo was a 60-pound overweight smoker when he first decided he was going to become a runner, always struggling to make exercise a habit. Within a year, Leo finally made running a habit and even progressed to run a marathon. In 2013, Leo ran a 50-mile ultramarathon. Running transformed his life. Because of running, he quit smoking, got healthier, fitter, slimmer, and happier. Listen in to hear how Leo did it, what worked, and what didn't. His blog, Zen Habits, is one of the most popular on the internet. Leo's writing focuses on helping people find simplicity in the daily chaos of their lives. His writing has helped me in many ways, so I encourage you to check it out. In this podcast, you'll learn how Leo went from a 60-pound overweight smoker to running a 5K and eventually an ultramarathon, the positive changes Leo noticed once running became a habit, how Leo overcame shin splints, Leo's keys to building a habit of running with a trigger habit sequence, how you can build your own rule-based habit system, and how running can positively affect your mind. I hope you enjoy my chat with Leo, and for all the links mentioned in this conversation and for a full transcription for you readers out there, head over to healthynomics.com slash 19. Enjoy. Welcome to the Healthynomics Podcast. Boosting your health and fitness IQ, one episode at a time. And now your host, Mark Kennedy. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's an honor to uh, to speak to you as well. I know we've um, I've had you on the Healthy Genomics um, blog. We did a, a text interview before, but it's nice to actually uh, speak this time. Yeah, there's uh, something lost when you don't uh, actually talk in person. So it's good, um, it's good to talk. Absolutely. So today, um, as I mentioned to you, sort of on our pre-talk, um, I want to talk about uh, your journey with running and. Um, and a bit about habits, and uh, I know you're, you're big into habits and building healthy habits, so um, why don't we start off with maybe you can give us a bit of a background on um, your history with running and maybe fitness in general. Um, yeah, let's just start there. Yeah, so I, I've, I've had a long and varied history, but for me, the real um, journey started uh, around 2005 uh, when I was probably about 60 pounds heavier than I am now. So I was overweight. Um, I was a smoker. I wasn't active. I was pretty sedentary. Um, ate a lot of junk food. And, um, you know, I also was struggling to change my habits. So I really wanted to lose weight and wanted to start exercising, but I um, had a hard time, like, sticking to it for very long, uh, for more than, like, a week or two. So um, I, I felt, like, really stuck in in all of my habits. So what I decided to do was, instead of trying to change my whole life all at once, I decided to start with one habit at a time. And I chose smoking, which turns out to be one of the harder habits <laughs> to form. Probably the uh, hardest one. Yeah, it was definitely one of the hardest ones I've done. But I learned a lot uh, from that. And I had already tried to quit smoking like seven times before that and failed each of those times. But this time I'm like, I'm really going to make it work because I, I, I didn't want to be basically a failure at, at all of my habits. So I did a lot of research. Uh, you know, I looked at all the 
science behind it, all the you know American Cancer Society and all, a bunch of other people who had quit smoking read all their stories, and I did everything I could to to make it stick, and it worked. Um, and so I learned a lot about how to change habits, and I realized that a lot of things I learned about smoking I could I could apply to running, and so that was my second habit. Um, and I started running not only to get in shape, but also to relieve stress, which, you know, cigarettes had given me, uh, you know, the stress relief. I needed a replacement habit for every time I got stressed out. And so running became my stress relief. Um, and so I started to apply a lot of things I'd learned from smoking to running, including just focus on one habit at a time. So I just did running uh, next. And the other thing I learned was to start really small. And so I would start with just running just a little bit instead of trying to like do what I had always done before, which is like run as much as I possibly could and then burn out. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was able to successfully make that, that uh, habit stick, even though I struggled a little bit in the beginning, but I, I was able to run in, uh, like a 5K uh, within you know, less than two months, like between a month and two months. And after running my first 5K, I said, okay, if I can do a 5K, I can do a marathon. <laughs> and, wow. So I, I signed up for, to do a marathon a year from that date, and, um, which would, would be December 2006. And I, started, I was on Guam at the time, and so I started writing a column in the, the local newspaper every two weeks about my first marathon journey. And that actually became this magical thing that uh, helped me to stick to it for the whole year because otherwise I, I probably would have quit um, a couple months into it if I hadn't had that public accountability of writing. Yeah. All these people were holding the you to it. Yeah, everyone, everywhere I went, people were like, oh, you're the marathon guy. <laughs> and so like, I couldn't back out of it. Um, and I, so I did it. Um, I struggled through that first marathon. I, I was, uh, it was too soon, really. Um, I, I don't recommend doing a marathon in your first year. But I did it, and... Um, I was still a bit over, I was still pretty overweight at the time, although I had lost, uh, probably 20 pounds by then. Um, and then after that, I started my blogs and habits, um, as a way to like continue that accountability. Cause I, I found that was a magical, uh, tool for habit change. And, uh, from that blog kind of grew into like my life and I've now, you know, run a few other marathons, including an ultra marathon last December. Wow, congrats. Um, yeah, and, and now I just kind of, I don't really train for events uh, these days. Uh, I'm not doing any serious training, but I just kind of run for fun and run with the family, with my wife and kids, and um, just do it because I enjoy being outside and moving. Very cool. Well, um, yeah. congrats on, I mean, first of all, breaking that um, habit of smoking, um, which I know is, uh, you know, very, very, I never smoked before, but, you know, as I understand, it's, it's extremely difficult. So my uh, tip my hat to you there. It's, it's really hard to smoke and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I learned because yeah, I, well, I was trying to start the running habit while I was smoking before before I actually successfully quit. And man, you just don't feel good um, doing both of those. No, it's, I know. Uh, my when I, my wife and I lived in England, we did um, a couple ten k's, and my wife worked with a guy who smoked, but he was strangely enough, he was a talented runner as well. So we did this 10 K wow. and he blew me out the door, had a cigarette, you know, I basically, after I came through the finish line, I see him, he's done, got his sweatpants on having a cigarette. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> imagine what you could do if you stopped smoking. Really? I, I really found like my, my lungs just changed and my like capacity to, 
do any kind of running uh, really improved after I quit smoking. So yeah, it was it was a huge step. That's great. Well, why don't we um, let's just back up for a sec here to um, sort of your decision to to start running. Um, what was what was your first run like? How did you decide how how long or how far you're going to run? How fast? Um, yeah. And, and did you have any fears about starting to run? Like I know. Some people have, you know, fears of it's going to hurt or they might feel embarrassed of how they look. So uh, tell us about like that first time you laced up your shoes and um, head out your door. Yeah, well, they're, they're, it's hard to find the actual first time but um, because I had actually started trying to run a number of times so that I could lose weight. And so I, I always had this like optimism that I was going to start running and just like keep going and be this great runner just immediately. And I found that every time I, I went out there to start, um, it was way harder than I thought, and I struggled, and my like uh, fantasies of being this great runner like disappeared almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had tried a bunch of times, and I'd failed, and so now I had this lack of confidence in myself to, to actually stick to it. Um, that's, that's, that's when I quit smoking and started running um, you know, the, the last time. Um, in 2005, I, I thought I couldn't do it. Um, so I was really afraid of just not sticking to it and it being way harder than I was um, anticipating. So my approach to that was, since this is a, a scary thing for me and that I felt like I couldn't do, was that I was going to do it so that it was so easy I couldn't fail. Um, and so what I would do is I would just go out and run for like a few minutes um, and I knew like maybe five to 10 minutes was my first week. Um, and so I would go out and I'm like, I can run for five minutes. Like that's doable. And if I have to walk for a minute of that, I, I'll do it. Um, and so I'm like, that's so easy. I can't fail. And so I actually did stick to it for that whole first week. Um, and it felt great to be able to, to stick to a commitment like that, that you, that you made to yourself. And so I just kept, um, increasing it just a little bit at a time. Like I thought I could run for another, you know, 20 minutes, but I would only allow myself to increase uh, like two minutes at a time. Well, good for you because I know that, I mean, that's that's a difficult thing, um, you know, even for an experienced runner is when, you know, that urge to keep going uh, when you feel good or go longer or further when, you know, you, you increase your chances or likelihood of getting injured. But so, uh, yeah, again, I applaud you for, for holding back because especially for beginners, that's so important. Yeah, another thing I faced were, were like kind of these beginner pains like shin splints and it was just like, I was also pretty heavy at the time so it was, it was just kind of harder. You would struggle up going up a hill for example um, and I lived at, in a hilly area of, of Guam at the time so that was tough and so I had to like overcome all of these things but uh, luckily there, you know, if you, if you take it one step at a time and just kind of progress very gradually, you can overcome all of those things. So what did you do in particular to overcome the shin splints? Uh, shin splints was it just rest or was it just? Um, it was rest. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was frustration. Actually, <laughs> it was the hardest part. Is like I had been making progress, and then all of a sudden the the shin splints came, and I knew just from you know googling it that I I should probably rest a little bit more, and um, so I did. But I really wanted to go out and run because I was like I had a streak going, and the frustration of not being able to continue that streak because of the shin splints was tough. Uh, but I really wanted, I, I start, I'm like telling myself, think long term. You know, this is not like a short term thing. This is something you're going to be doing for, you know, months or years. 
And so like missing a few days is not going to do anything over the long term. And so I kept telling myself that. And uh, I'm glad I did because the shin splints went away and I took it slowly after that. And, um, and you know, I, I was able to get back on track. That's great. So once you started um, building your habit, did you, did you use a particular plan that you designed yourself or you pulled off the internet or what did you do sort of once you started to gain some momentum? Yeah, I, I looked at various like couch to 5k type plans. Um, there was a site called cool running. I don't know if that's still around. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, running.about.com was another one. Okay. Um, and then runner's world. So I, I looked at various ones there and usually what my problem was that I would look at these plans and they would like tell you to progress like 10% per week or, or something like that. And I'd be like, Oh, I, that's for, you know, that's for other people. I'm way better than that. (laughs) Uh, And so I always thought like I could, I could add a few miles to, to that. Um, or, you know, not, not at that time. I I could add, you know, 20 minutes to that. And then later on it would be like, I could add a few miles to that weekly mileage. And so that was my danger was overdoing it uh, because I thought I, uh, the, the usual advice would, didn't apply to me. Um, and I learned the hard way uh, a few times that that didn't work, um, that I was just as mortal as everybody else. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was, that was a hard lesson because I actually suffered through a heel injury training for my first marathon. Um, actually, it was so I went 5K and then I started training for a 10K and then I went to half marathons. Um, in the middle of the, the, my first year, and then I went to a full, full marathon. And so training for the half marathon, I actually got a heel, um, heel injury, and so I had to take you know, a couple weeks off, and that was frustrating, set me back. So yeah, I went through some growing pains for sure. Yeah, I mean, like like most people, but uh, yeah, that, that you really ramped it up there. I mean, <laughs> I went... Um, and for anyone, it can happen. I, I mean, I'd run numerous half marathons and I was kind of the same, like, oh, I've done a half. How much harder can a full be? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I think it's more than twice as hard <laughs> um, as you could probably attest. Um, and I, I, training from my first half, I ended up with plantar fasciitis, iliotibial yep. band syndrome halfway through. And I, and I, same thing kind of happened. I just ramped it up too quickly and just because i was feeling good i thought hey i'm invincible i if i feel good why wouldn't i push myself further but you really gotta fight the urge to to hold yourself back my problem was that like uh when i first started my lungs were a limiting factor so like i couldn't run because i was it was hard to breathe if i would go too far Mm -hmm. Uh, once my lungs um started to become in better shape i thought i could just keep running for a longer much longer time but um, it so I and my mind was strong, so I thought I could keep going. I could run way longer than the plan told me. But actually, the problem was that was my joints and the bones and things like that, tendons, like you said. Um, yeah, those don't always progress as fast as the lungs and the mind do. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's really good to kind of follow the time-tested advice of, of progressing slowly, because so that the, the yeah the joints can. Um, strengthen you know uh, without getting injured so yeah, yeah i should have definitely I, one thing like i said I, I signed up for a marathon a year after running the 5k i mean to, to run it a year after 
And all the advice that I read was don't run a marathon that soon. Like wait until you've been running for like two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait two years. That's ridiculous. And so, yeah, I definitely got injured a few times in that first year because I was trying to wrap it up too quickly. Yeah. So how long did it take you to, um, till you felt like you're actually enjoying your running um, after you, you started you know, you're building your habit of running? How long before you actually went out and got, you know what? I love going running. I like getting out there. I know there's good <laughs> runs and bad runs, but generally, yeah. uh, how long did that take for you? Well, I, there was different things that I enjoyed about running fairly early on within the first week or two. Um, one was just like, I, I kind of felt, I, I think when you don't move very much and you're very sedentary, sit on the couch and, you know, watch TV, that kind of thing, you start to feel bad about yourself. So your mood is kind of tied to your amount of activity. So just getting out and moving, I just started to feel just good about myself as a person. So that was one of the things I enjoyed right away, even though it wasn't physically that fun. But also, uh, like soon after that, I started to really appreciate being out in nature and, you know, just running past all these trees and everything that I usually just drove past. Um, now I could really see it um, much more clearly and really appreciate it more. Um, and so I started using running as a form of meditation of really trying to be present as I run rather than a lot of people try and zone out uh, when they start running. Um, but for me, it was like a way to try and practice that um, idea of like mindfulness. Um, and I wasn't good at it when I first started, but I would just keep trying. I like trying when my mind would start to wander, I would be like try and just pay attention to how my feet felt touching the ground and how the wind felt going past my face, that kind of thing. Um, and so that was an enjoyable practice for me, uh, almost uh, within the first week or two. So yeah, I found different things to enjoy about it. Um, enjoying watching my mind. Another thing that really came up with all these negative thoughts of like, I should just stop now. This is too hard. Um, and so I watched that and I would start doing this practice of like squishing that negative thought. I would think of it like a a bug Mm -hmm. and I would just like step on it and squish it and, and then replace it with a positive thought. Like, you know, if Oprah can run a marathon, I can do it. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. Like, just like empowering thoughts. Um, and I just st- started telling myself that I could do it. And, um, you know, the power of positive thinking is su- such a trite thing. But it actually started to work and make me feel good about myself. So, yeah, I enjoyed certain aspects of it right away, even though I physically was, was pretty tough uh, for at least the first few weeks. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um... So I'm assuming you don't or never did listen to music while you run. I have, um, especially, you know, actually the, th- the times that I really like it are when I'm going to do, uh, this is after I, I kind of got into it after, um, I started getting in better shape. So I would start doing things like tempo runs or fartlets yeah. and those, if you're going to do like a faster pace interval kind of thing, um, like fast paced music really gets you going. So I, I enjoy that. Um, and I don't do that very often. I, now I more do it without, without any music, but I have used music for that and it really is a lot of fun. But most of the time, no, I, I like to go out without any music. Yeah, I'm with you. I used to be a, a music guy every run. And then it was actually when I started training for my first marathon that, you know, you're out for those long, slow runs. And um, I found it uh, too cluttering in my mind. I just, I just needed that peace and quiet. Um, yeah. and, and I'm like you, uh, my, my wife always says that I use running, running sort of my, my therapy. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause I'm, I'm, 
I guess I'm a little bit of an anxious person or can be, but uh, I mean, running totally helps me manage that. Um, so, yeah. and, and in a way I think I, I just crave it. Cause yeah, for, like you said, for me, it's, it's meditative. I just love it. And there's not too many times that we get like that space of just being out disconnected from the computers and technology and just like alone with our thoughts and, you know, the nature, you know, nature all around us. So like I now kind of look forward to those spaces you know, even though sometimes my other problem was, was trying to like, I, I told myself, you know, I'm going to run or it's on my training plan, but sometimes I'd be sitting at home and just not feel like going out. So, um, but I, I knew that once I got out, I would really enjoy that. But so I had to kind of like talk myself into it. Mm-hmm. So I had this other trick of getting out the door. Uh, Cause like I said, once I, once I was out, I always enjoyed it, but I just had to trick myself to get out the door. So I would tell myself all I had to do was lace up my shoes and step outside the door. Uh, that was my whole goal for the day for running. <laughs> I didn't have to actually run, but just lace up my shoes and get out the door. <laughs> then, yeah. You, I mean, then you got the gear on. You've, you're, you'll feel like an idiot if you, you're outside, yeah, exactly. got the gear on, and go back in and watch TV, right? Yeah. Plus, like, once I was out there, I, there was 0% times when I felt like going back. Like, I always wanted to go and just at least start for a little bit of a jog. And then once I started doing that, I my body felt great and I felt really good about myself and I started enjoying the run. But like when you're sitting at home and you just feel kind of lazy, it's really easy to talk yourself out of running and say, oh, I can do it tomorrow. You know, it's not that important. Or I got to check this email or do this thing last, you know, just read one more, read more, one more thing online. Uh, <laughs> So it's really easy to talk yourself into that. So what you have to do is find a way to trick yourself just to get outside. And that's, that was my trick. I like it. So well, why don't we now, um, let's dive in a bit uh, into habits. I know you, you write, I mean, that's primarily what you started writing about is uh, habits over at Zen Habits and, and yeah. sort of your journey. So why don't we talk a bit about sort of some of the keys in, in your opinion for developing a habit like running and why is it so hard for people to um, maintain habits yeah no that's that's a really big question yeah uh, but uh, i'll try and hit the uh the, the essential points uh so first of all a habit you know it's basically just any action that you do over and over again um until it becomes automatic but one of the key things that people don't realize about that is that it there is this thing called a trigger habit well i call it a trigger habit um sequence so uh, a habit is something that, that's actually tied to uh, something that comes be- right before it. Uh, so I mentioned stress and then smoking. So smoking became my habit as a response to the stress trigger. And um, at the beginning, it, when I first smoked, it wasn't a habit. But after being stressed out and then smoking like purposely you know, for a little while and then getting some kind of reward from that, I would... Um, I, I would just do it over and over, and after a while, that became the trigger habit uh, sequence became habitual, automatic. Um, and I, I, you know, there's another um, analogy I like to use, or an example is when you drive home from work, and if you've driven that same route over and over so many times, sometimes you can drive that route without thinking, without even realizing you're doing it, and you get home and you're you're there. Yeah, <laughs> so you're and like, you're like, what, what just happened? <laughs> You didn't even think about the route because you've driven it so many times that it, it's become a series of trigger habit sequences. So you, you see the usual stop sign near the elementary school and you turn left. And then you see that oak tree 
uh, that's you know that's really big, and you turn right there, and so that visual cue becomes the the trigger for you to turn right, and so it's just a whole series of that that becomes automatic after driving that route um, so many times. But in the very beginning, you have to do it consciously. When you first drove that route, you had to consciously decide to turn left and right. Um, and so habits are the same way. You have to be very conscious in the beginning to make sure you're going to do that habit right after the, the trigger and then make sure that you stay on track and, until it becomes a habit. Um, so the key then is to first set up a trigger and a habit uh, sequence. So like if you're going to run, uh, when are you going to run? Is it going to be right after you wake up, right after you have your first cup of coffee, uh, right when you get home from work, uh, right when you take your lunch break, you know, one of those kind of things that's already in your life um, and that's already a regular thing. And if you don't have a regular schedule, then, you know, they're tied to something that you always do, like you always wake up or you might always eat breakfast or always brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding something like that that's already regular and tying the, the habit to it is the best way to make it automatic um, and then the, the key thing then is to make sure that you just keep doing it and don't give in to basically the negative thoughts that tell you not to do it um, or the fear of discomfort, which is one of the reasons why running is such a hard habit or exercise in general is a hard habit. Um, you know, smoking is way easier uh, because it or, you know, drugs might be way easier or eating junk food is way easier because that you get some pleasure from doing it. It's comfortable. Uh, but running and, and exercise can be very uncomfortable when you first start. Now, for, for someone like you who's been doing it for years, it's actually a comfortable thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who just start out, it's a very uncomfortable thing. So they have to overcome that fear of discomfort. Um, and again, the way that I recommend doing it is really small. So if you only go out and run for five minutes, if you just get on your, your shoes and get outside, that's such a small thing that it's not uncomfortable. Um, so that that helps that discomfort uh, factor. But another thing that once you've learned um, a little bit about exercise and discomfort and habits is that you can actually learn to be okay in the middle of discomfort. And that's one thing that running teaches you is that you can go out there and you can push yourself into the point, the the discomfort zone, and you're going to be perfectly fine. It's not that bad. In fact, it can be enjoyable to be pushing yourself into that zone. and so it kind of toughens you up so that you can, you know, it's just like you running in Canada. You can run out in the cold while I can't. <laughs> uh, but if I toughen myself up, I could, I could push my comfort zone beyond what it is now so that I could go out and run in the snow like you do. Uh, but that takes a bit of adjustment. So that's really what ha- a lot of what habit is, is building that adjustment to this new level of discomfort so that you can get out there and, and run even though it's a little bit uncomfortable. So I, I just unloaded a whole bunch of stuff all at once, but uh, I hope that was useful. No, that's great. Um, I really like um, your points about just starting off even with five minutes and making it really impossible to fail. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you do that for two, three weeks, even a month. Like just yeah. your, your your whole thing is get your, your shoes on. You're going to go for a five-minute run um, and you do that for a month and then you build up from there. And there's a, there's a concept of, of having this kind of rule-based um, habit system where you say, like, if I, you know, if I w- wake up, I'm going to get my shoes on and get out the door. Um, and so it's, it's like, it's not a question that, um, when, you're, when you're doing this. It's not like, do I go running now or not? It should be like, I'm going to, I wake up, 
if it's if I wake up, then I have to go out the door. Um, or if I get home, I have to immediately put on my running clothes and shoes and get out the door. Um, so it has to be like a no-brainer, no choice, just, you know, this is what's going to happen. And it, uh, once this trigger happens, I'm going to do this. Um, and so you have to kind of get into that mindset of not letting yourself, um, uh, you know, ha- make a decision at that point. Um, and the other thing that, that I found to be really useful for overcoming that, that barrier is uh, accountability. So like if you're going to go out for a run with your wife or, or your friend, if, especially if you're going to meet them in the park, um, if they're waiting for you at five o'clock, you know, you know, you're going to be out there and yeah. you're going to meet them. You're not going to leave them standing out there in the cold. Um, so you, uh, having someone to meet is a great thing having running partners or, um, you know, having some kind of online accountability, the, uh, when I was writing the, the column in the newspaper every two weeks, that was accountability. Uh, but you could do it on a blog, you can do it on Twitter or Facebook, find some kind of, you know, there's obviously online running forums. Um, so there's, find there's some, some kind good of apps out there too, I think. Isn't there a Lyft being one of them where you can sort of hold yourself yeah. accountable for, for goals and habits? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have um, to be you know, shameless self-promotion. I actually have a whole program that is meant to give you accountability for for habits it's called my uh sea change program so oh cool uh, well, i'll make sure uh, yeah i'll what, what's the link to that and i'll link to it in the show notes as well yeah it's just seachange.zenhabits.net okay very cool um, and you can sign up there it's ten dollars a month so that's again shameless self-promotion but you know i have to make a living too <laughs> well, absolutely well no i mean i've been reading your blog since i think 2008 and um i mean yeah, I love your writing. I love all the stuff you do. So anyone who um, checks it out, I know they're they're going to a great place. Um, yeah, but if if I mean, my program is not the only way to do it. Obviously, like you said, there's Lyft. There's a whole bunch of free habit apps or online forums where you can find like free accountability. Or uh, you know, go to your local running group. Um, there's probably a local running club in your area, and and uh, meet up with other runners and find in some running partners. And that's always a great thing um, because you're, you get to have a you know, fun conversation and a great run at the same time. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, back to your point about pain as well. That, uh, I actually wrote a, a post on my blog all about um, how Olympians cope with pain. Um, and basically um, what I did in my research or what I found out was um, they have this term called athletic intelligence and um, mm-hmm. it's sort of basically getting to know your body better. The more and more fit you become and the more, the longer you've been active, you get to know your body and your limits better. So as you said, like the, the longer you, you run um, over time, not at one particular run, but you start to get to know your body better and you know certain points where you can push yourself. And yeah, it might be a little uncomfortable, but you're actually more comfortable with it now. It doesn't scare you as much because you're, your body is sort of getting used to pushing itself. Yeah, and you start to develop a little bit of trust in that that you're not going to die just because it's you know you're you're pushing yourself a little bit. Um, but another thing that you get to know, I, I think that's an amazing point, getting to know your body. But you also get to know your mind, um, and so like you're you start to learn that your mind, you know, you might come up with this thought that says this is too hard or I want to quit or. You know, and those are just thoughts that come up and you don't have to be controlled by those urges to like stop running or to not go out and run. It's like you can see those thoughts and then you realize that sometimes your mind is just, you know, being lazy or 
being a little child that doesn't want to be in, in discomfort. So you don't have to like act on every urge or believe all of your negative thoughts. Um, and so that's one thing that I really learned is to be able to watch my mind and see how it tries to trick me or rationalize or get out of things. And it's, it's a very tricky thing, but uh, you get to know it. And after a while, you're like, okay, you can go ahead and cry about it, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what about racing? Do you actually like doing races or do you, do you find, you know, you like doing them periodically or do you think it's important for people maybe once in a yeah. while to, to try a race just to keep them motivated? Absolutely. I think races are a lot of fun. Um, for me, I don't do them like, you know, religiously, like every single week or every two weeks. But uh, when I do sign up for a race, it's really motivating to train because, you know, like you have this race coming up and you, you really do want to do well at it. So you're going to train. Um, so that's really good. And then, you know, if you like, again, if you become a part of the local running community, you go out to these races and you start to meet other people who are into running and you know that you're not alone. There's other people who are like geeky about running like you are. <laughs> and, it, and it's a lot of fun to join a community of people who are interested in something like running. Um, so I like races for that reason. When I was on Guam, I really got to know the running community. Um, now that, that I've moved, um, I, I have a few running friends who I like to go out with, but I don't know the whole community as much. But, you know... That's, it's always a great thing if, if you can become part of that. Uh, so I like races for that reason. And they're, they're always a good challenge. Uh, like sometimes, you know, if you sign up for a marathon, you push yourself beyond what you would normally do in a regular run um, or a half marathon or a 10K. Like you're going to go way harder during a race than you would um, in a regular run by yourself uh, just because you're in a race. So that's really cool is to see how how hard you can push yourself in a race um, beyond the uh, usual comfort of your daily run. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, uh, I try to get in two or three races a year. And, and I know going into some races, I haven't trained particularly much and I'm <laughs> not going in to crush my PB. Although some, there's definitely some will be like, you know, my A race for the year where I will try to, to beat my PB. But there's others, I just, because I enjoy doing it. And there's no better feeling that at the end of the race, you know, when you're going into the to the uh, area where they've got all the food and you can just pig out, knowing you just <laughs> had a great workout and you see your family. It's, it's yeah, it it's just makes for an awesome day. Yeah, there's there's always a period during a race when you feel like, oh, why did I sign up for this or what am I doing? Yeah, but but being in the race carries you through over that hump, you know, the, over through that hard point. So um, that's the good thing about being in a race. No, for that sure. That said, there are lots of other fun ways to run, so it's not the only way. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, that's great, Leo. Why don't we, uh, in respect of, of your time, why don't we uh, wrap up here? And um, why don't you let us know where can people find out more about uh, you and what you're up to and follow you online? Sure. Uh, so zenhabits.net is my site. Um, again, the program is cchange.zenhabits.net, um, which is the... Uh, the online like membership program, and then my uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, Zen underscore Habits. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, Leo, and um, I'll be sure to to put links to everything in the show notes for this, and um, uh, all the best to you, and uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed talking about this stuff. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Nomics podcast at www.healthynomics.com.